It's just Jersey, man. We're a different breed. Are you? Are you? Who doesn't want to win in Jersey? And the Scarlet Knights did not have a national champion before tonight, and it's RU times two. What's up, everybody? John Forger here, Breakdown from the Barn. We are at episode 16. With me, as always, greatest fight in wrestling, Eric Lenuck. I also got George Mason standout, you know, Rutgers wrestling standout, multiple-time state champ, rounded 12-er, ranked in the top five in the U.S. in, in college, and one of only two Rutgers wrestlers that have an undefeated professional MMA career. I got Donnie <laughs> on here. How you making out, Donnie? <laughs> That's awesome. Good, John. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Eric. I, I'm a big fan of you guys, and uh, it's an honor to be here with you. Nice, man. Nice. Thanks, Donnie. It's, it's a little bit of a memory lane for you, Donnie, but during COVID, I remember you were running those Instagram live meetings, so it's yeah. been a blast for the past for you. I, I, that's what, when I, when Dominic and Anthony heard that I was going to be on tonight, they got so excited because they remembered watching those Instagram lives and they were like, is yeah. that like we did when we had, when we did the Instagram live? I said, yeah. So they were excited. They, they want to watch it. So. Well, you know, <laughs> that's one of the, one of the beauties of COVID, you know, one of the upsides, you got to take the upsides. Like a lot of yeah. these, these um, uh, podcasts started, you know, some cool podcasts, some cool people got creative starting these live videos. So that's been kind of cool, but we're happy to have you on the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Yale Street? I know that club is running strong. John Poznanski is a graduate of there. You know, we love getting him at Rutgers. Tell us what's going on. I follow you all the time. I see you got a big room now coming and you're doing great things there. Yeah, no, thank you, man. We're, we're, uh, we just moved into our new location. We started in my garage. I live on Yale Street in Summit. We started in my garage uh, in 2013. I was still coaching high school at the time. I was coaching at Boundbrook. And um, eventually we outgrew that spot. We moved into uh, a place called Yeti MMA in Scotch Plains. That was in 2016, December of 2016, five years ago. And we successfully have outgrown that place. So nice. we're doing what we want to do. Uh, we're, we're hitting our goals and um, our kids are performing and wrestling well. And, uh, and now we're in a brand new location and it's uh, the room that we have now is like our dream room. And, you know, we've been, we're able to fit like 30, 35 kids in the room. So it's, it's awesome. You know, things are going well. Nice. That's good stuff. Good stuff. So yeah, why don't we, we were just talking, you know, your career, you had a, a great career. One of the, one of the top uh, New Jersey wrestlers in high school and then uh, came out like a storm. I always remember back when Midlands were Midlands, you had that great run making the finals. I think you lost to um, wow. guy, um, off the top Doug of Schwab. Doug Schwab. Schwab. Yeah. Doug yeah. Schwab in the finals, yeah. you know, that was the, the, the good days of Midlands and yeah. yeah. And had some injuries, you battled back um, around of 12 as a freshman, had some injuries, you battled back. And then you came to Rutgers. That was pretty cool after my day, but um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your college career? So I started out, I was uh, around the 12, uh, top 12 in, in the NCAAs as a freshman. I had a good NCAA tournament. Nobody really knew who I was. So um I was doing things un unconventionally and catching guys in positions that they didn't know I was good at. Uh, and then my sophomore year, I had to make adjustments because now guys had me scouted, right? So they knew my bottom game and, we, you know, they knew I was kind of a low single guy. So um, I ended up uh, becoming an even, like, when you have to do that, John, as, as you know, you know, you become a better wrestler. So uh, I ended up getting ranked uh, 
fifth in the country after I took second at Midlands. And then I had to, I was seated fifth at the NCAAs that year. Um, and I was two and two. I was in round of 16. I was beating the guy from Michigan State that I had beaten at Midlands. And uh, I blew my knee out. I was uh, right in the end of the second period. Um, carried off the floor, Carver Hawkeye. You know, my, my tournament was over. And I was like, I was thinking I was going to be a three-time All-American and possibly contend for a national title. Uh, and then all of a sudden that happens and everything gets, you know, your life gets changed around. Um, so a lot of good things happened from that though, outside, you know, outside of wrestling. Um, but I ended up, you know, two years out of competition and I finally got back to Rutgers and I was very proud to put that Rutgers singlet on. As I mentioned earlier, I mean, I'm, those teams that you guys, that you guys were on when I was at George Mason, I, I thought you, you guys were awesome. I mean, I'm at George Mason and we're getting, we're getting pound, you know, smoked by Rutgers. And I'm thinking, why am I four hours away when I can be wrestling with these guys in my backyard, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, my, my senior year at Rutgers, I went 24, I beat the kid who took second at the NCAAs that year from Nebraska, but I just wasn't, you know, my body wasn't holding up. I wasn't tournament tough after having two years layoff. So, um, you know, I didn't really finish where I wanted to, but I was happy to finish my career and complete my career uh, and, 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 you know, after being injured. So that kind of segued me into, into coaching. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Now you still got the funky shoulders. I know your shoulders were always Man. bringing unbelievable flex <laughs> flexibility opposite of mine. Mine, my I'm, I'm paying for things. it now, bro. I'm paying for it now. <laughs> yeah. 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 But you were fun to watch, man. I liked, uh, you know, watching you out there, you always hit some funky stuff and had that slick style and very unorthodox. And I know you got, you got, you got the, the young mind in wrestling, Eric's son in there at Yale. Yeah. Getting it done. Right. Yeah. And, no, John, thank you. Yeah. If you don't mind, I want to, I want to touch on that because the one thing, and I think it's something that attracted me to Donnie's club, um, especially for my son, who's got a very unique, his own unique style. He's got a long, lanky body. He does things. He's a low single guy. He likes to get in scrambles. But the one thing, Donnie, and talk to us about that is with your club is, A, you guys do do fundamentals, okay? And I'll hear a lot of people talk about, well, Yale Street, the, the, the Donnie disciples, you know, he's got his different style, where a right. lot of clubs are very specific on old school style of wrestling. You guys cover that. And there's a great coaching staff, by the way, John. It's not just Donnie, and Donnie can talk to the coaching staff. But Donnie, talk to me about the, the, the techniques and styles you do at Yale Street that differentiate you from, and I'm not going to name drop, okay, because we know all the clubs in, in Jersey um, and what they bring to the table. But what do you guys bring to the table that differentiates yourself? So, yeah, I mean, Eric, as you know, you know, having supportive parents like you uh, makes our program that much better. And so we appreciate that. We appreciate you. We appreciate all the other parents that, that, um, that support our program and believe in us. Um, but yeah, we do things um, like, especially our bottom game, right? We do things on bottom that you're not really getting anywhere else. And a lot of people will look at that stuff and they'll say, oh man, that's, that's junk or that's dangerous. You got to watch doing that. And the reason why they feel that way is because they just don't know it, right? Like they don't know how to teach it. So instead of saying, I don't know it, they'll speak negatively about the technique because they don't want to sound stupid or it makes them feel better, whatever. Um, but then you look at like a pause and you look at, you know, Blake Bonner, who just graduated from our program and, and was a two-time state place winner and, uh, and is wrestling at, at LIU right now. Um, those guys are using our bottom game. I mean, Blake in his first, in his first tournament uh, wrestled a, a, an NCAA qualifier from, from Drexel and he reversed them twice and the kid was good on top. So the kid didn't even know what to do, you know, and, and Blake ended up losing the match like nine, six, and he lost it on his feet. But that's just an example of if you, if you do the techniques, right. You know, it's like anything, like I tell people, you know, 
if you wing down and jump your hips over and you give up back points doing it, um, a lot of people will say, well, that's why you don't do that stuff. Well, if you shoot a single leg and a guy stuffs your head and sprawls and spins behind you, are you going to say, well, you shouldn't shoot a single leg? No, it's like anything else. You have to execute, right? Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and that's know, a great Eric point, Don. Because, yeah, people will, I'm sorry, John, people will knock a style because they say it doesn't work because you get caught in these positions. Well, something as, 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 as straightforward as a high C, okay? You do a high C, and if you've got bad hips, okay, and you pull back on a guy, you're going to go to your back, okay? Mm-hmm. A guy squares up and uses his hips, he can overtake you. So I think, Donnie, the point you raise, I think, is important. Basically, any position in wrestling, if you're in a bad body position, you're not hitting the technique correctly, you're yeah. going to fail, okay? So Yeah, and I have, I have people that, I have people that tell me, like, you know, sometimes like with the stuff we do, like jumping our hips over, winging down, yell street hooks, all that stuff. Some guys are like, listen, I'm I, I I'm a big sit out guy. I think that stuff's dangerous. I'm like a sit out, you can get more trouble doing a sit out. Remember what Anthony Ashwell yeah. did to uh, Kalozic when he when he sat yeah. out. I mean, Boom. when I wrestle guys that sit out on me, I, I generally put them to their back. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, no, um, I hear you. And Eric was all over that, like, early on last year in the season. He was saying, watch out for John Paz's bottom game. And wait, wait till you oh, see it. And then yeah. we saw it coming up at, you know, a lot of times he would uh, go put the guy right on his back and, um, you know, do them tricks. And we saw that happen. So speaking of John Paz, you know, rough, rough weekend for him. I know he got a little injured. Uh, you know, what are, what are your thoughts about that, Donnie? Um, you know, all American as a freshman, uh, we're kind of mid season, a little bit past mid season. What, what are your thoughts about John Paz moving forward? Uh, so John, yeah, I mean, you could tell, you know, Eric and I spoke about it. Um, you know, you could tell he was injured just by watching, you know, and, and we're not making excuses for why he lost, take anything away from the Michigan state kid. Um, I believe John's beaten that kid before though. Um, he, um, you know, he thing that people forget about John because he's so solid um, and he had success last year, placing fourth at the NCAAs, um, he still has never experienced a full Division One season. Last year, because of COVID, it was, a, it was an abbreviated season, right? So um, this is his first experience with a full December. A full, uh, you know, now he's in the middle of the Big Ten grind in January. And um, your body gets beat up and, you know, he's going to have to, you know, John right now, they're taking a day to day. It's not an injury that's going to debilitate him to the point where he can't wrestle. It's going to hold him out all year, but it's, it's significant enough where it's affecting his performance. And now I think, you know, they're lucky they have about a two week layoff. Um, so he has some time to rest and they can take it day to day. And they do think that it's something that, you know, he can get better with rest and just with adjusting his training. Um, and, you know, John is the type of kid that he'll go boss to the wall every day. And, you know, He's young, right? He hasn't learned through the experience of going through a college season that you do have to kind of tone it down sometimes and, and maybe come in and, and get a 30-minute drill in instead of going live for an hour, you know? Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I think I – honestly, I was someone who never learned that. I just went balls to the wall. And when I tell people, yeah. I say, listen, high school or wrestling, I just told someone last night, they, they sent me a message. I said, listen – tone it down towards the end of the year. I figured that out when I got to MMA and it was more of a controlled thing where you got to taper it down towards the end of the year. And yeah, yeah I think they're in a good spot. I, you know, we, we saw, we, we know the ability that John Paz has. So hopefully they just played smart going, you know, going towards the end of the year. And if they need to sit them for these last couple matches and get them back in the big tens, uh, maybe a match before that. I mean, I'm good with that, but we, we know yeah, it's capable of. 
And John, I'll just touch on one of the things, just kind of, you know, pony off what Donnie was saying. And, and we're going to go through the, the Rutgers performance against Michigan State and some of the matches in Michigan that they had this weekend. But you'll notice with John, one goes against Brooks. And, and listen, we know Brooks is all world. We're going to talk about the Hodge Awards later. And I think he's right up there. This is a kid who might not lose another college match. But, but you can see, Donnie, some of the shots he were getting. If you watch John pause in that match, I actually think he was wrestling better this past match than he wrestled him last year. He was getting in deep. He was getting in high. Did you see that the drive wasn't there? And I brushed it off. I said, you know what? That's Brooks. Brooks is just tough. He's strong. He fights things off. That's probably what it is. But then when I watched him that first period against Michigan State, okay, and I see that duck he hits, you know, that little change level duck he hits, and you can see when he goes that duck, he should have been dead to rights. And you can see the pause and John, I said, wait, something's wrong here. Okay. And you can see, so for my take, people were thinking he's just getting overpowered or he's getting sloppy. Or he's getting caught. I think he's legitimately either just a little bit winded or like you said, he didn't need to break. He's a little banged up. So I just, my take from it is exactly what you're saying. I think John is still John. I think he might need a blow, but I think those, if that match was the second match of the season, I think he's already up two, four, six, nothing against the guy from Michigan state. He just couldn't finish. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, I, I talked to him after the Brooks match. And, and first of all, I just have to say, you know, the, the Rutgers staff, I mean, they're, they're doing a tremendous job with him. You know, I, as his club coach, handing him off to Donnie Princeoff and, and Goody and, and, uh, and, and Leonardis and, and Pollard and, and, all, and now, you know, Miles Martin's in the room. Like, you know, those guys are, are doing a tremendous job. And Kyle Kiss is in the room. Like, we're very happy with them. And, they're commun- and they communicate with us, too. Like, Yep. They're not shutting us out. They know that John spent time with us. So if I have to reach out to Donnie, he always reaches, you know, he always gets back to me and we have dialogue about, about his career and what's going on. And, and I really appreciate that um, because I don't know how many coaches, how many college coaches do that. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. And, um, you know, with that said, you know, I think John, John still, you know, there's some technical things that he did wrong in that match, but you know, he was definitely injured he got in as deep as you could get on that on that high crotch, and you could see he didn't finish. And that's not like John. And I called him the next day, and I said to him, "I said, hey, we're I know Brooks is very good, but I don't think we need to hero worship here. You know what I mean? Like we're not going to sit there and say, God, that kid's really good. Like I think you can beat him. I, I do think you can beat him if you wrestle your best match. You can beat him. Um, you just you know, and he and he believes that too. Um, he believes that too. So he he he's not ready to to, to you know." to put Brooks on a pedestal yet. And, 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 you know, John, right. That's how he is. Like he's, he believes he can beat everybody. So he's going to keep working to beat that guy. And, and you guys know, you know, there's a little, you have your good matches and your bad matches. You have your ups and downs in a college wrestling season. John hasn't had too many downs at all. You know, um, this is, might be the first down. It's his first loss of the year. No second loss of the year, but it's like the first really like, you know, first really down or low that he's, he's really experiencing, um, and, and I know that it's only going to make them better and stronger, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I, yeah. And, you know, Lane, Lane Majeski is a tough, tough out, honestly. Um, but I, I, I we watched that match last year. I think Paz at a hundred percent take, takes it to him. Um, yeah. you know, he'll be back the rest of the season. All right, Donnie, I know I see your kid behind you. You know, you got him already <laughs> waiting for you. Uh, but great having you on, man. Anything else you want to say to the breakdown of the barn fans out there? No, no. Listen, just keep listening to these guys. They know they're wrestling. They know they're Rutgers wrestling. Um, big fans of you guys. Thanks for having me on. And, and yeah. uh, hope, hope to do this again sometime. Hey, yeah, Donnie, real quick, back, real quick. 
real quick, as we talked about Blake Bannon, we talked about John Paz. Anybody else, any young studs in the high school room that we should be looking out for um, oh, on the Yale Street good. side that, that yeah. you want to pop yeah. All right, great question. Thanks, Eric. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, we got a couple of guys ranked in the state right now. Um, I think uh, Logan Wadle uh, at yep. 106, Nico Colello at 120. Um, we got Alex Uriniak at 190, Stratos Quintanas at 175. You watch these guys. We just got done doing an hour of bottom. So you're going to see these guys really execute. Um, and we also have Jack Martin, who's not uh, ranked in the state, but he finished top 12 at the Beast. He just got into Harvard. He's going to wrestle for Harvard. So keep an eye out on him, too. Nice. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. So good stuff. Thanks, we'll be, Thanks we'll be for having me on, guys. For him, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again, guys. All right. Be good, brother. Hey. All right, great having Donnie D on. Um, so let's go through these mat these uh matches, Eric. I know it wasn't the best day for Rutgers. I think um went 0 2. You know, not to take away from Michigan State, man. Michigan State, they came, they came to rock, they they wrestled hard. Um, but let's and Michigan is just uh you know, they're, they're the number three team in the country for a reason. So let's go through, yeah. um, you know, the individual matches and the individual uh, performances. So D Shaw, you know, had a good win. It was a typical D Shaw win against a tough Lujan against Michigan state. And then he ran into Nikki six pack against Michigan. What did, what did you think about uh, D Shaw's weekend? And more importantly, I think, uh, you know, Soriano, I, I think he had this this uh, match circled on his calendar and he was out for blood. What, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. So before I jump into that, I'll give it I'll give a shout out to my man, Corey Posey, uh, former Westfield wrestler, Michigan State grad. And I know he's always pumping his program. So I got to give hats off. Michigan State took Rutgers. So happy for him. So, no, jumping into the results in, term, in terms <laughs> of Shaw. Um, we talked about this early in the year when, when they had, well, not Midlands, but I think it's the Batman tournament where he was kind of went in there. He was the number one ranked guy at 25. And I had mentioned the fact that I didn't love how he was wrestling that tournament. Um, he had two close losses. I think he did finish the place, but that's a match. That was a tournament. I want to see him basically win it to show he's taken that next level. And I was a little bit critical on it. And boy, did he shut me up in the next very match, but he comes back, gets the major. I think since that point, he's looked really, he's been wrestling really, really well across the board. I'm going to kind of forget about the uh, Nicky Soriano match and, and you know, he almost looks like the Crypt Keeper right now. He's, he's cut so much weight with that hair. Um, but, I mean, what are you going to say? you got a guy who's all-world, who's going to be kind of fighting for an Olympic spot next year, most likely again. He's after his second national title. I mean, what can you say about that? I, I think, to me, I, I take that as what it is. It's Nikki Soriano doing what Nikki Soriano does. I crashed that match off, and I say, I think Dylan Schauber's wrestling at the top of his game right now, if you take that match out of it. I really like to see how he's going to finish the season, but I'm a lot more bullish on Dylan now than I was, you know, at that Matman tournament. I think he's really coming back to form. I don't know your thoughts, John, but to me, I think, I don't think you look much at that Nick Soriano match. It is what no, it is. I don't, I don't look at that match at all because I, I personally think, you know, I, I, I love Nick Soriano. I think uh, he did a lot for Rutgers, but I think he, he had this match and he was out for blood. I think no matter who we sent out there at 125, um, you know, yeah. fifth in the country, you know, he beat, you know, he beat Hildebrandt 2 one. I think if Hildebrandt had a Rutgers singling on, I think he would have tech fold Hildebrandt. You know, I think he, I think Soriano was out for blood in that match, but other than that, I mean, D Shaw, I agree with you. I think he's definitely winning the matches. He's scoring the points. I think he's looking good. Uh, 
you know, for this next run at the end of the season. And I'm excited for him. Yeah. The guy I want to talk about, John, is Oliveri because I think the way he's rusting, I won't spend a lot of time, but he loses, he, you know, he gets majored. Um, I mean, he, he loses a, a, t- a tight one. Th- I mean, I'm sorry, 3 1. The way he's rustling right now, he should be redshirt. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame the fact that, you know, we, we couldn't get, um, you know, our guy at 133, obviously, with the weight issues, he's going to have to, you know, basically sit out for the rest of this year and come back stronger next year, maybe back up at 41 and 49. That's that's obviously Sammy. But talk to me about about Joey, because to me, this is a guy who is wrestling almost like a veteran out there. He's had a lot of tough competition this year. He had a really good fight, I think, with, with the Michigan wrestler. So talk to me a little bit about Joey Oliveri and what, what you're seeing out of him really this year. Yeah, I like what I'm saying, man. I I, I really think, um, you know, Rayvon Foley ranked 12th. He lost 1-0 to, to him. And then yep. uh, Dylan Raggison is ranked number eight. He lost 3-1. to one. So those are two two guys. These are like blood round matches, right? <laughs> like if he makes yeah. it that far that he needs to be. And I think he's showing that he's right there. I mean, if he gets the right uh, – Draw and um, wrestles at his top ability. You know, I think you're you're talking about someone you, you kind of starting to expect to see in the round of 16, and maybe he pulls off a win or two and, and gets on that podium. So I I really like how he's wrestling. I think the future's bright for Oliveri. I think um, you know I I knew he was good coming in. I I would say he's exceeding the expectations and. Um, you know, as a freshman, I do, I did think there was, you know, some good potential for him down the road, definitely. But I think he's, uh, you know, at that point where he's right on the cusp there with these top 15 guys and he's beating guys, you know, ranked, what's he ranked 20th now? I think he's beating yep. guys at that tail end of the top 20. 2022. And, yep. You know, it's like, he needs to tighten up some things and take, take that next level. And maybe, um, you know, maybe he could do something um, in March. Yep. So the other kind of wrestler from from the, from this weekend I want to talk about because he just keeps winning. Okay. Um, it's not always pretty. It's always not by a lot. But talk to me about Mikey Van Brill because I think he only has one loss of the season right now, and yeah. he's quietly probably has the second or third best record on this team right now. Like I said, he's not necessarily dominating guys. And I would like to see him pick up that offense a little bit more. I did see, see some nice shots this weekend. Obviously, he had the, the ride out overtime win. But talk to me about what you're seeing from Van Brill. So I was really happy, happy with that Pitonomania match. I mean, he, he seems like he's wrestling real tough on top. This guy is dangerous. And really, it's, it's the worst matchup for Mikey Van Brill because Mikey Van Brill likes to go upper body. And this guy's better at guy. Mikey Van Brill, no doubt. Um, so I think he made the adjustments. He lost to him in the Big Ten last year, made the adjustments. Got that good ride in the third period and, you know, one three to one, I think. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like what Mikey Van Brill's doing there against Michigan. Solid win. I mean, you know, it was their backup. We did want to, you know, we wanted to see the other guy, but guys aren't showing up for Mikey Van Brill for some reason. Right. Um, but, you know, got a solid win. You know, Pat Nolan is a tough tough wrestler you know he's a backup for Michigan but you know Michigan's the number three team in the country so I really think he's wrestling well I think that 149 pound weight class is wide open I think if you look at um you know you got the top two and you got everybody else right and I think um he's right in there with everybody else and I'd like to see him try to get on the podium yeah. And real quick, let's also talk on because we jumped Sebastian Rivera for obvious reasons. He's just blowing through people right now. We talked about earlier in the year. I mean, he basically 
it's not the question of whether he's going to bonus. It's how quickly he's going to tech fall on his wrestler. He's not getting the fall simply because I'll be honest with people are basically belling it out on him. Okay. He's not even getting the opportunity to run that bar. And they're just, they're literally, I mean, we, we saw that match, forget what, what, which match it was. Illinois. For the guy was, yeah. I mean, that was embarrassing. Um, but what's frustrating me about Sebastian Barrett, and you could touch on this, John, is we were hoping to see that the match against Lee didn't get to see it. Okay. We were hoping to see him against, the big boy at Michigan didn't see it. And I feel like we're going to talk about the Hodge trophy in a minute, but this is a wrestler right now who should be basically in the conversation for Hodge. The problem is he's not wrestling the top guys. He's wrestling the guys they throw at him, but it's like, I want to see what he can do against a top three wrestler. We're not getting the opportunities and people I don't think are getting a feel for how dominant he's been this year. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm going to point to a Mr. Jaden Ironman. I mean, he's, you know, this is a guy that that beat Nick Lee last year in the Big Tens. He was a favorite to win nationals. He had a 4-0 win this weekend against uh, Dylan uh, D'Amelio. So, you know, and, and Nick Lee had a couple close matches. So these other guys are wrestling these guys that are on the back in the top 25. And they're not just going out and dominating them, you know. Uh, Cole Matthews beat uh, Stefan Michich. I think Michich might have been a little banged up, but, you know, beat him pretty dominantly. So you look you look at these guys that we think are the top guys at one, uh, 141, and it's not like they're going out and they're doing Seabass things. Seabass is beating some ranked wrestlers and just totally destroying them. I think Seabass yeah. grown into the weight. I think he might have been a little bit small last year going up from 33 to 41, and now he's – kind of in the weight and he's uh you know bigger and badder and i think um you know we're, we're seeing what, what he's doing what his job you know he's going out there and dominating the person in front of him and you know really if there's 10 seconds in a period and he needs to take down he gets to take down like i think he's he's just being a dominant force out there yeah and we talked about rivera his his drive, okay, he literally goes out there looking to physically dominate a guy. He's got an angry look on his sc- that scowl on his face when he goes out to wrestle. He is out for blood this year because I think you could see the disappointment in how he, his season ended last year. You know, mm-hmm. this was a guy who was looking for a national title last year. He, he was stoked for it. The problem is he was – I don't think – we talked about this, John. We talked about it earlier. He wasn't ready for 41, okay? He was still kind of that oversized 33-pounder growing into the weight. You look at his build this year. I don't know if it's the strength and conditioning or just his natural growth into the weight class. He looks stronger. He looks bigger. And I don't care where he's wrestling. If you dominate a Big Ten wrestler, you're dominating a Big Ten wrestler, okay? Mm-hmm. The, these matches aren't even close, but you can see the physical presence of this wrestler right now. And like I said, it, it ticks me off because, I mean, we talk about RPI rankings. In some ways, he can go out and tech a wrestler, and his RPI goes lower against a guy who doesn't wrestle because he's not going against that lower-level competition. To me, it doesn't make a difference anyway because he's going to be a top-three seed regardless. But to me, I don't think people respect what Rivera is doing earlier this season simply because he hasn't gone after the names. I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with in the tournament this year. I like how he's grown this way. And I'm just excited to see Seabass in the tournament. Yeah, me as well. So let's talk about someone taking some L's but looking better every match. I think um, Andy Clark, you know, Andy Clark. Oh, wow, um, yeah. You know, I'll tell you that Cam Amin match, you got to think this is a guy who, who lost 13 to nothing to Bronigal at the Matman. Um, got to get gave up some majors early in the, the, the season, goes up against all American Cam Amin and loses three to one with uh takedown literally with two se- a second left at the end of the second period. Now he's getting out on bottom. 
um, is improving. So I do like what I'm seeing from Andy Clark. I'm hoping he starts getting some W's, um, but I do like what I'm, I've been seeing from him. There's a lot of wrestlers, John, in his position. We've seen this before. We've seen it on the Rutgers staff over the last, you know, five, 10 years where maybe they, they were a little overmatched. Okay. For a big 10 lineup. And they just deteriorated by the end of the season and they're holding strong. But once they start getting against the hammers, you just see they're giving up, they're giving up the major three seconds left or the tech. And they're just, you're seeing a guy you, you, you're spot on. Is he winning these matches? No, but for Andrew Clark, this, this point in the season for everything he's had to go through and for the crap he's had to take for being the quote unquote weak link, weak link in, in the, in the lineup to go into a two point match against a top 10 wrestler. And that name of me, to me, I think was very impressive. I'm very happy with how Andy Clark's wrestling. Like you said, you want to start seeing the wins coming, but this isn't a guy who's just going to lie down. He's going to continue to battle. He's going to continue to, to grind away. Um, let's see what he can do at the end of the season. But I agree with you. I think he's turning the corner really nicely. Yeah, um, the last five is yeah. a crazy weight class this year. It's very oh, yeah. deep. Um, so he, he's going through some hammers. So um Go, going on, let's talk about O'Neal. O'Neal, um, solid win against Michigan State with Jimenez, 3-1. Um, you know, he's showing, he's getting, he's improving each matches. He's overmatched when he goes against these top guys. You know, uh, Logan Massa got the, the fall against him. So I think there's some ground to make up there, but he's definitely showing that he's a, you know, fringe top 25 wrestler. Um, hope, you know, I think he's going to be on the bubble to go to Nationals. What do you think about Connor O'Neal? Yeah, Connor O'Neill, I think about Oliveri, a similar situation where, A, he had a hell of a wrestle off, I think, you know, going against Turley. And now we know Turley's a little bit banged up. I'm a big fan of Connor, um, solid high school wrestler who kind of needs to work on, you know, get a little bit more offensive on his feet. But this was a guy, for all intents and purposes, wasn't supposed to be the guy at 74 this year, okay? And he's had to step in probably earlier than he's had to. And what are you going to say about Logan Massa? I mean, you know, this was a guy a year or two ago, John, we were talking about he was he was a contender for a national title. So to mm -hmm. me, it's kind of like the Soriano match with Chauver. I'm not going to look too much into it. Um, you know, he, he's overmatched against a guy who potentially you know, be top four in the podium. So to me, I don't think you look too much. I think everything you said is spot on. What I would like to see Connor O'Neill is, is build the strength a little bit. Um, start finishing some of his offensive, you know, attacks. I think that's what we need to see. Just build that offense, build that offense, give us a full three periods. And I think good things are going to start to come out from Connor O'Neill. Um, and like I said, he wasn't supposed to be the guy this year. So anything you get out of him is gravy. What I want to see is stay positive, keep grinding, and let's see how he closes out the season. So what I want to talk about, John, the last name I want to mention, that's Bolsack, because we got very excited about Bolsack at, at the mat that the Matman Open obviously knocking out a, a national finalist. And we talked about a guy just like Sebastian Rivera, who's been so dominant early in the season. What we learned from Greg, and you and I talked about this offline, I was very optimistic. I was a little bit more cautious than you were. And I made it very clear, listen, we're very bullish on, on, on Bolsack. But he was a four, I guess, a four-time national qualifier who hasn't broke through yet. There's a reason for that. He's in a better room now. He's wrestling events better competition. I think he's getting better coaching. But obviously going through the meat grinder of the Big Ten, when you're wrestling hammer after hammer after hammer, people start to pick up on a few things. And one, we know he's a superior leg rider. But you can see in that match against Brucky, he was ready for it. And he does that, he does that block. Bullsack gets a little bit high. And on top, I think you're going to see, almost like what you used to see from Gravina, had a really good slide by. I know Greg's got it in him. I would like to see him develop a little bit more of an offensive shot 
I think he's got to tweak things a little bit here. I still think this is a guy who could be top four, top six in the podium. Okay. I think he's still a dark horse to win a national championship. I mean, he lost to two really solid wrestlers. I mean, Brucky's a solid wrestler. I just think he needs to tweak things a little bit. And he has to be aware that people are on to some of his moves. And we just got to, you know, like I said, just tweak the offense attacks a little bit. What are your thoughts? No, I, I agree. I think this top 12, you know, 197 always had the last couple of years, uh, the reputation of being this weak weight. Not this year. This year, I think you have 12 guys um, in there that are all very, very good. And I think Greg Bullzat could be, beat them on any given day and lose to them on any given day. Um, like you said, I think some of these guys are now getting wise to some of his uh, strengths. And I do think he needs to kind of get a, a couple more tricks. I think he's a uh, one or two more tricks away from making the finals. And at the same time, he cannot place. Right. So I, I think Bolzak, um, he lost to two really tough guys. Cam Caffrey beat, um, you know, number two ranked Max Dean. Max Dean, we talked about it. You know, it's a debate whether he's, it's like 1A or 1B. You know, is he better than AJ Ferrari? He beat Miles Martin. And then he lost to Brucky in overtime. I think Brucky lost to Max Dean in overtime as well. So I think he got a lot of guys there that are very even. I'm going to give my hats off to Brucky and to Caffrey. I think, um, you know, I, I think in that Brucky match, Brucky pulled some wild uh, scrambles out there, not to yep. give up the takedowns. Um, you yep. know, real, really hats off to him. Um, and I think Cam Caffrey, um, I don't know what happened at the end of that second period, but he got Bullzak in a position. And I, I, I felt like after that, you know, there was like this 30 second stalemate position. I felt like after that, Bullzak wasn't Bullzak. I felt like he squeezed like the life out of him. And okay. they just got into this position where um, I felt like Bullzak was just exhausted. Um, so uh, hats off to Kathy. Kathy came in. Did the, you know, he's been watching Mike Van Brill and he's, he did the Mikey Merkel and got two Merkels on him at the end of the period. Yep. And then Kathy got a big win over Max Dean. So, um, yeah, he was, and, uh, yeah, Bullzak was up on that match. It looked like a typical Bullzak win going into the third, but, um, something happened there. I think he was just exhausted. Um, but you know, I think he's still in the mix. I think he's in the mix to, you know, get to the finals. I think he, you know, there's going to be some great quarterfinals in that week class and, uh, some tough matches in the round of 16 and the round of 12 to determine who's going to be an all American. Um, but I think Bullzak could still do it. I think, like you said, he needs to tweak a couple things. Yeah. And what this is going to tell me is that's going to be a very exciting big 10 championship. As long as everybody wrestles and goes through the grind of that tournament, I think that's going to set that could set him up really nicely. If he needed a couple of these rematch wins in that tournament, set him up for the nationals. But like you said, let's tweak a few things and let's accept the fact Donnie talked about it earlier. We won't spend a lot of time on pause because I think we already covered that with Donnie, but like pause, listen, this is a veteran. This is a, this is a fifth year grad student. So he's been through the grind. But again, you go through, a, he's never gone through this Big Ten schedule, okay? He <laughs> yeah. was rushing that clarion, and he didn't see a top six guy, a top eight guy, a top 10 guy, a top two guy, week mm -hmm. after week after week. And I think after a while, that wears you down a little bit, okay? Exactly. So to, to me, they're still close losses. We're going to have some time off the mat here, get these guys healthy, get these guys working on a few things. You know, Donnie and Scott are going to be in their ear. They're going to be working on things. I think we're going to be fine. So to me, nothing to be too concerned about. You just lost a couple of you know matches some top guys and those guys like you said hats off to them they had great weekends 
Yeah, yeah, great weekend there. And then I'll just throw Boone out there. I think Boone did what we would expect from him. Um, can't ask for more. I think he won the match against Michigan State, smaller heavyweight, but this uh, win is tough. So getting the win there is 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 a good uh, feather in his cap. And then going out against Mason Paris and not giving up the major. I mean, um, you know, we we know about Mason Paris and uh, top three guy in the country and. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there down the stretch. So hopefully Boone uh, picks, picks it up a little bit and, uh, you know, gets to the national tournament and, and, and can make some noise. Yeah. And John, real quick, cause I know we're getting tight, tight on time. Why don't we take it away from Rutgers real quick? Tell me, cause the big matchup from the weekend was going to be Penn state, Michigan. And I think there was a lot of push, especially with Nikki, you know, pushups joining um, Michigan that they, this was a program that might be able to make a move on Penn State. Iowa has some guys wrestling down, some guys hurt. They're not where they were. They lost Spencer Lee for the year. So talk to me because I won't take, steal your thunder. We were expecting this big, you know, almost like a title fight between Penn State and Michigan. It's kind of ended in a whimper. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, Penn State just showed – they're, they're the king, right? They're the ones that yeah. be knocked off. They dominated Michigan. Um, I felt like he couldn't have drew it up better. Um, you know, even Nick, Nick Suriano, the match they won, I mean, that was close. Uh, Hildebrandt made it a close match with them. And, um, you know, they won 29-6. to six. Uh, Real impressive, I think, at heavyweight Kurt Fleet. That's, um, you know, that's the one that – um, we, he, he took seventh last year. I think he was battling some injuries. It was a question mark whether he was going to wrestle. Um, he took out Mason Paris national finalist. I think that was, uh, the really big thing where if you're a Penn state fan, you're looking at, and you're saying, Hey, we're the king of the town. Cause I, I think getting someone in the finals at heavyweight would be big for Penn state. And, um, you know, they, they just, they just rolled them. I mean, you, you look at uh, Amin lost to Brooks. Um, that was one you, you were thinking might be a toss up. Um, Brooks took it to Amin, uh, Carter took out Logan Massa. I mean, it's, it's Penn state guns versus, uh, Michigan guns. There's no, Hey, this is a different matchup here where my best guy is going against not your best guy. It was head to head and, you know, Penn state just, uh, showed, showed who's boss, you know? Yeah, they just don't lose these matches. And if you look at it from an individual standpoint, they were all close. I mean, Brooks takes out a mean 3-1. The mean early in the year takes out, it, you know, a legend of Mark Paul. Um, but they control these matches. So even the, the ones they win 3-2, 3-1, 6-4, okay, they always end up on top. They don't give it away, okay? They just – all they do is win, okay? Um, as Poe Nicholson, that's what we do. So you got to give hats off to Penn State. I think they're a hell of a program. You know, they they took, like you said, Michigan in the woodshed. And I think that Nick Suriano match, not to make too much of it, because Drew Hillebrand, listen, this, this is an all-American wrestler, top four wrestler. To me, I thought 25 was down a little bit last year outside Spencer Lee, but still a legitimate hammer in that weight class. And I think people thought that Nick Serrano is going to come in, major Hildebrand, and this is going to be a match. And it's a 2-1 score. And I don't think yeah. – I think Suriano controlled the match. I don't think at any point that I think Hildebrand was going to win this match, but he kept it close. He did what he needed to do. I think that set the tone. And just Ro Roman Bravo Young comes in, takes out a top eight wrestler for Hanley, and just Penn State runs with it. And the last name I'll mention is Kirk Fleet because you mentioned it. To me, I think people have been sleeping on this guy as well. We talked about him last year. He was one of those dark horses I mentioned last year. And Mason Paris, 
earlier last year, John, you were talking about maybe he was catching up to, uh, you know, the big boy at Minnesota. Forget about it. Forget about it. Ain't happening. And Kirk Fleet, to me, is the real deal. People need to watch out for this guy because this guy's, listen, they're all wrestling for number two. We know that. But this is guy's got a legitimate national finalist pedigree in him. And he was the one, I think, of all the matches I was most impressed with. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you definitely. So let's 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 move on and let's close it out. We'll talk about the Hodge update. I think it's that point in the season. In my mind, it's down to five people. I think you got Gables one, uh, Keegan O'Toole's two. He has a hundred percent bonus rate. I think Aaron Brooks is in there, um, and I think Seabass uh, is in there. You know, so who who am I missing? Um, Tool, I mean, there's other names, but I don't. I don't think. Listen, Yanni isn't isn't bonusing people. I think he's got a sixty percent bonus rate. Um, so it's hard to put him in the conversation. You know, I like, and I'm gonna I'm gonna explain why I think O'Toole's not gonna win it. Okay, and that's Evan Wick, who's got a sixty six percent bonus rate. So theoretically, you could put him in there, but I think you got the names right, John. Real quick, I'm going to take Keegan out. He's having one hell of a year for Missouri, okay? 13 mm-hmm. 84% bonus rate, five pins, okay? Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's going to win the weight class, okay? And we've talked about this. I really like where Evan Wick is at right now. Um, I think Marinelli is showing what I expected. I, I just don't think Marinelli is going to win the title. He could prove me wrong. I think 65 is loaded. So, to me, I think we got to temper our expectations there because you got to win the whole thing if you're going to win the Hodge. Mm-hmm. Gable's problem is he's got six matches. He's not wrestling tournaments. He's doing something very similar to what we saw from, um, obviously, from Ohio State after he won the Olympic Mm -hmm. title, where he was doing kind of partial matches. So to me, they're probably going to end up giving it to Gable. He's probably going to finish with 100% bonus rate. He's going to knock off either Kirk Fleet or or, uh, a Mason Paris in the finals, which is a high quality opponent. But to me, you got to wrestle the matches, um, so they'll probably give it to him. But to me, Aaron Brooks, obviously, he had the one tight win. But this guy's been dominant. I think, obviously, I believe in Paz. I think Paz, if he wrestles his best match, I agree with Donnie. He could take Aaron Brooks. But arguably, Aaron Brooks might not lose another match in college. I think Aaron Brooks is right up there with Gable. Um, And your point is about Sebastian Rivera. If Rivera goes into the national tournament and runs the gauntlet, okay, especially if he has, you know, a solid win over Nick Lee, I don't know how you take it away from this guy. You know, in his final year, to go into a weight class where we've talked about it, you've got about four guys who are international wrestlers. He wins this tournament. This is a guy who's the probably one of the few people who've beaten Spencer Lee in the past. To me, you got to reward him for it. So to me, I think those are the guys. It's Gable. It's Rivera. I like Aaron Brooks as a door course. It's probably going to be Gable Stevenson simply because they're going to give him the coronation. I would like to see him wrestle more matches to get it. But to me, I think it's a three-man race. Yeah, I, I agree with you. My opinion is who deserves if if Seabass does run the gauntlet, I I think this is the tough and people doubt me on this because they they their memory kind of looks forward and they don't look at the time of the tournament. I think this is the toughest weight class at the time of the tournament ever in the NCAA history with these four guys. So my opinion is if Sebastian Rivera continues dominance and he has solid wins over Ironman, Nick Lee, um, Stefan Michich, you know, I think if those wins are very, you know, very dominant, which the way Seabass is wrestling, I can see that happen. I can see Seabass beating these guys 5-1 or, you know, pretty dominant wins. Um, and if he does run the table, um, 
I, I don't know if they will give it to him. They might go and just give it to Gable just because he's Gable Stevenson. But I think, you know, I think he deserves it. I think if he does have a, a dominant NCAA and a dominant uh, Big Tens and, and goes through that weight class and, um, you know, win, wins a tournament with wrestling the matches, I'm with you. I think you got to wrestle the matches. You got to wrestle the tournaments. You got to wrestle the matches. Um, I don't think you should get it if you do a partial season. And, um, you know, I, I hope he gets it. I hope he gets it done. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm with you with Aaron Brooks. I think uh, probably go to Gable, but I'll, I'm pulling for Seabass. Anyway, guys, great, great time. Great having Donnie D on the show. Great having the greatest mind in wrestling back. We'll be back next match at Rutgers next Thursday against Ryder in state rivals. Let's, let's pack that rack. Um, follow us make sure you're looking at us on facebook on instagram get the podcast give us a subscribe on all the platforms apple pods uh spotify youtube follow us we'll see you later guys and relentless pursuit baby